talking tonight with uh, Mr. Andre, Gwen, uh, or now when you do STR, like what, or SR, what does that, uh, oh wait, what, what am I, what am I saying? Uh, okay, let me just, let me back up there. It's like, what, what does SR stand for? I was like, wait, what, am I really going to ask that? Uh, but, or somebody could, oh shoot. Sorry. Okay. Here I am. <laughs> yeah. Or or it could be Andre the Twelve, but you are a local uh, cosplayer and all around of the uh, the geekdom. And, and well, specifically, what part of Texas? I am located here in West Texas, in Abilene, Texas, more okay. specifically. Have you ever? So you're like that's the thing is I think I. I think I found out or about, or actually you were uh, responding to a post on uh, North Texas Cosplay. Have you been to North Texas? Yes, I actually used to live in Plano. I lived there for about uh, 12 years. So what made uh, you want to move to where you are now? In a, or is it just, you know what, I, I just found a cool house. I just like that house. It's nothing's, nothing complicated right there. I just want to move. Okay, I'll just want yeah. to be in another place. Well, I'm actually from Abilene, Texas. Um, I was born and raised here. I'm actually a former military brat. I was actually born on the Air Force Base out here. So it was pretty much coming back home for me, uh, moving back to Abilene after living in Plano for so long. And it was kind of in a period where I was trying to redefine myself and uh, kind of evolve as a person. I figured what better place to do that than, than back home. All right, well... Did you uh, did you enjoy yourself at in uh, Plano, Texas, at least when you, while you were there? I did. I mean, I got into some trouble. <laughs> in trouble. Yeah, yeah. Oh, just a little bit of trouble. <laughs> really? What what kind of trouble? I mean, now now you're on the spot here. We have to figure out what the heck this is. Okay. Well, it, it's the kind of trouble that gives you a little bit of a rap sheet. Um, I was a, a troubled uh, youth, I guess you could say. My yeah. 20s were very, very uh, rough time for me all the way up to my early 30s, um, trying to find myself, trying to find who I really am, uh, and just kind of rediscovering that kid in me. So it, it took me transitioning out of my late 20s to 30s now into my 40s to really find who I am. So um, being in Plano was not the place for me to figure that out. So. Okay. Do you have some cool friends in Plano or cosplayers? I mean, that that's not really no, because oh. uh, I I didn't start cosplaying until I moved back to Abilene uh, here in like 2012. Uh, I didn't start actually cosplaying actually until about two four, uh, 2014. Wow. Mm -hmm. What got you wanting to just uh, to start in the first place? Well, as a kid, I always dressed up and put on Spider-Man costumes and Superman and stuff for Halloween. And then in the late 90s, Mortal Kombat, you know, well, actually in the early 90s, the Mortal Kombat game came out. So I was throwing my blue jeans over my shoulder and putting like half a T-shirt around my face, dressing up like Sub-Zero and whatnot. So that's, it's just kind of always been in me. But like I said, in my 20s, uh, when I was with my ex, uh, it was really a relationship that really wasn't conducive to me being who I was. So I struggled with that a lot. And uh, I really didn't find myself until, like I said, I got into my late 30s, my early 30s, excuse me. And uh, 
my now fiance, who is also interested in cosplaying, we kind of just had this idea one day, you know, let's just do it. Uh, even though if we don't know what the hell we're doing, let's just try it out. Do you remember when back in the nineties, they tried to make Mortal Kombat for kids? <laughs> make it for kids. <laughs> yeah. You don't remember that? Well, I mean, I played the original Mortal Kombat in the arcade when I was like 13, but I don't think it was aimed for 13 year olds. <laughs> well, they did. I mean, it's, it, no, that, that, that is true. I mean, the original yeah. Mortal Kombat movie, for ex- example, was PD-13. They There was no actual fatalities or gore or anything like that. And That's... then there was also the anim- the mul- multiple animated Mortal Kombat shows and, and mini-movies. And then you had the toys, the kids' Halloween costumes. Yeah. So, yeah, Mortal Kombat was marketed for kids back in the day. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Now that I think about it, uh, I think Acclaim was just on one <laughs> in that day because yeah. they had like, NARC. I don't know if you remember NARC, but you're like this red and blue like officer agent person and you're shooting drug dealers and they're exploding and limbs are going everywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it was just such a, a really interesting time. That wasn't the only property. I mean, you had uh, Robocop and some others that were basically kid movie or no kid animated shows, video games and toys based off of R rated or M rated properties. And yeah, some of me just, I mean, part of me, part of me just only misses that time. Cause I just want to see what would these modern day R rated movies look when they were aimed at kids. Uh, oh I, God. Or, or I mean, you could watch the new Space Jam movie. I mean, that that's another thing. They have a lot of uh, uh, R-rated movie cameos. Mm-hmm. But, uh, that, that's still really cool to even grow up with Mortal Kombat to be in a place. I mean, Mortal Kombat is a big property. I mean, yeah. cost, big in the cosplay scenes, now owned by Warner Brothers. So it's still a big deal to this day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, though i so what what was that point where you're like okay this is going to be my moment to cosplay and actually get into what's going on the convention scenes the dealer's room all those stuff the the cosplay i guess you could say cosplay guests cosplay photo shoots probably there was a lot of like cosplay shows that used to come on like sci-fi channel or something like that me and my fiance used to watch and a lot of the costumes and stuff that they were making, we would both sit back and say, you know, we could easily do that. Like, that does not look hard. Uh, we were wrong, uh, but it did encourage us to actually just step out and just try it for once. Uh, my first cosplay was actually a crossover cosplay of Destiny and uh, Assassin's Creed. So I was trying to, like, find a way to mash those two together. And... A couple people got it. They they saw what I was doing when I went out with it, so that kind of encouraged me to kind of stay in that 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 vein of work to continue doing crossovers. Because I didn't want to get stuck in the whole, you know, you don't look like this character, so why are you cosplaying like this character? So I'm not buff enough to be a Street Fighter character, or I'm not the right color to be a certain anime character. So 
why not just cross over and do mashups? So that's kind of been my angle as far as my ideas for cosplay. Do you ever feel like you want to be that character? Even like, I, I don't know, you could say sub, not sub, well, sub zero or scorpion or johnny cage for that matter and say you know i i i don't want to mash up i just want to be that character i mean spider-man is like really the only character that i'm just like i want to be that character regardless of what color it is um but as far as everything else like I, i'm one of those creative minds where i kind of want to make my own character okay yeah so. so so it is pretty much purely out of just the creative uh juice and not just because well if i do it completely one character then i'm gonna get the you know the the uh online crud and all that <laughs> yeah I, mean, I would do it just for the shock value just you know pick a character but i mean we have so many crossover characters now i mean we got you know captain america with uh sam wilson taking on the helm of, the, of being the new captain america yeah uh so i mean there there's space for African-Americans to be some of their favorite superhero characters they grew up watching and enjoying when they were kids. We can be Superman. We can be Captain America. We can be some of these characters that at one time would almost have been taboo for us to try to do, like at least out in public. <laughs> well, I mean, I would think that you should be all... T I, I mean, I, I, I don't think you should, uh, like be discouraged to be a certain character i mean not be a certain character completely just because uh well back then it it, it seemed taboo or like the, there's more people are used to the character being played white or asian or hispanic or anything but uh just deciding to be one character and i i i, I just think that you should uh really be who you really want to be and i mean you're gonna get it and even with captain america coming out i mean people are gonna reject it it's that's what's gonna happen it's i, yeah. I mean i don't think you're going to avoid it unfortunately i'd like to think that that is possible but i mean you could even play as a character that was originally black and i bet you racist things are still gonna happen so it's just, yeah. I mean, they have a meme out about Black Panther eating a watermelon. Like yeah. that's out there. So I, I, you know, I I don't know what the solution is regarding that, other than are you? Well, I mean, yeah. Th things nowadays. I mean, the cosplay world has evolved a lot from yeah. what it used to be. There are now spaces where if us as African American Black cosplayers, I hate saying people of color, but whatever. Yeah. Like there are there are comic cons that are dedicated to those type of creatives, so that's a safe space where we can go and be you know the Punisher or you know whatever yeah. character we be Goku or whatever, and it's it's cool, it's fine. We're not being judged for being that character. We're being judged if if it, if we pull it off or not, which is fine, you know, by my standards. So um, I think the cosplay community definitely has evolved. There's always going to be those people that hold on to what things should be and what things are, um, especially when it comes from comic books uh, over into whatever medium there is, whether it be TV shows, movies, yeah. you know, there's a lot of diehard fans that want things to stay the way they are. We don't want variants. We don't want alternate universes. We want 
we want it to be what it was when we grew up with it. And unfortunately, you know, a lot of the influence that American art superheroes, uh, you know, the cartoons and everything that we do, the more we influence other cultures and other countries and other, you know, ethnicities, we have to, we have to find ways to make it all inclusive. So we have to kind of let go of the fact that, you know, every Superman we've had has been played by a Caucasian male. It would not hurt if maybe one time we had an African-American Superman. Right. Why? Because you would make more money. You would draw a different audience than you would traditionally draw for that character. So I think we're kind of at a point where a lot of that is starting to fall away. And people are starting to understand that they got to be more open-minded and accepting of, you know, different universes, different variants. I'm sorry. Somebody's knocking at my door. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> And I'm back. <laughs> Sorry about that. Now, there's actually, because uh, regarding here in Texas, now I, I did an interview another cosplayer earlier, uh, mm -hmm. Mapetite Cosplay, who, uh, wonderful woman who, at, based in Houston, and she, I mean, okay. she even goes to Fan Expo, but there, there was a uh, thing she said that was very interesting, because something, I've made this comment quite a few times because I, I you know I, I look at photo shoots I look at like convention costly photos that I see a lot in conventions or in cosplay related spaces and I don't see a lot of diversity to it and there have been some people who would tell me maybe you're looking at it too deep or you're trying to find something doesn't there I, I mean I, I saw like a, a website for a convention where it's all about promoting cosplayers where you pay them uh to like help you out with the I don't know a children's birthday party or something uh, and okay pretty much I could count all of the black cosplayers in with one hand it's like five or less out of the <laughs> 90 to 95 percent of uh, uh white cosplayers yeah and now someone point out to me again that that is an, an old older year and this that site was not updated but the point i'm seeing is still relevant because then when i go to ma petite cosplay she brought up something interesting is that white and uh, light skin Latinx photographers always seem to kind of skip over black cosplayers and especially <laughs> black female cosplayers. So have you experienced, I mean, being that you started cosplay 2012, I mean, that's still plenty of years to be in cosplay. Have you had those moments where you were nearing a photo shoot in costume and was like, hey, you know what? Hey, I got a cool cosplay, or maybe it's a group photo shoot. And here's the scenario: it's a group photo shoot. There's a few black cosplayers. Most of them are white, and maybe some of them are Asian or or what have you. Mm -hmm. And then you do the group group photo shoot, or the the group photo shoot takes pictures of everybody together. But then, as yeah. far as individual photos, it's mainly the white cosplayers. 
and the black costlers get left out. Well, you got okay. So there's two things I yeah. personally I see with that. So first, you have photographers who really just, especially if they're Caucasian, and if the majority of the people that they're taking photos of are also Caucasian, um, they don't know how to photograph African American or Black or people of color in in cosplay. Uh, there's different lighting. There's different filters. There's different things involved when it goes from uh, doing photography or doing a photo shoot with a Caucasian cosplayer versus someone that is melanin in their skin. So there, it's probably easier, especially in you know, a public setting for them to just yeah. shortcut and just <laughs> stick to what they know and photo photograph what they know mm-hmm. um, just so that person of color doesn't come out looking darker than what they're supposed to or anything like that. It's just easier to just you know, stick to what you know. And then also there's a component where you know, we also have to understand that the Caucasian dollar in the United States of America is mainstream. So that's what people are, are targeting. That's what people are catering to. That's what people are trying to market themselves to is whoever has the purchasing power. So there's good on websites and things of that nature when you're advertising and showing Comic-Cons and you have cosplayers that are on these websites and a majority of them are going to be Caucasian uh, cosplayers because the majority of the people that are going to be attending those, cos- uh, those Comic-Cons are going to be Caucasian people as well. So if you have too many people of color, <laughs> then it might send a signal that, oh, this must be a Comic-Con for people of color or for African-Americans or Hispanic Americans or anything like that. So there, there's a bit of a mainstream part aspect to it that it, where there's, they're sticking to what makes the money. And then also there is a part of it where a lot of people are just not skilled enough in taking pictures of people who are people of color. Do you, I mean, but is that something that you necessarily, like, agree with? Like, it's like, yeah, no, I, I kind of understand. Or, like, yeah, even though that's the reason. I mean, because, yeah. Yeah, I don't agree with it. I understand it because I'm business-minded. I'm a salesman yeah. at heart. So I get it on that level. But also, you know, I don't like it. Uh, me personally, I've never been in a situation where someone was just unwilling to photograph me or include me in a, gro- a group photo or anything. So um, I'm very thankful that in, you know, the spaces that I've ever cosplayed in, um, that, that never occurred to me. Uh, that never happened to me, I should say. Um, but at the same time, I feel like us knowing that, you know, especially African-American cosplayers, that should encourage people of color to pick up the camera and start photography, you know, photographing our own people uh, because we will be more familiar with what filters, what lighting, what, how to, um, you know, position someone and take those pictures to make them, to make them look the, the best that they can, things of that nature. Um, but I mean, like I said, I think it's all part of the evolution and the growing process that's going that's slowly taking place in the cosplay world where they're having to understand and accept some of these newer things that are being uh, pretty much, un- you know, uncovered uh, as we move through this cosplay world, because the popularity of it is really starting to just have picked up over the past couple of years of everybody wants to cosplay. Everybody wants to do this. So I think it's still kind of in its infancy stage where people are still kind of learning cosplay. Okay. Do you see any change in this? Like of the things I just mentioned? 
Well, I can say that I've honestly, I've never gone to just like a predominantly African-American cosplay uh, Comic-Con or anything like that. Um, I mean, honestly, it's been two years since I've cosplayed because of COVID. So I I really, you know, I'm, I've been, I'm so far removed from the Comic-Con scene as of right now. Um, I can't really say Uh, the last time we went, like I said, the fan expo that was in Dallas, I did three cosplays and every cosplay I did, everybody loved it. You know, I was Mike Lee, Agent Venom, and um, I forgot what the other one was. I can't remember what the other one was, but I mean, people stopped. They took pictures. They recognized me. They, They could tell who I was supposed to be, regardless of what color person I was. So, like I said, I fortunately I've never been in a situation where I felt like I was being, you know, uh, not judged, but just not showing the same appreciation as any of my Caucasian counterparts. Yeah, I I just feel like over even, even though there are exceptions, because I mean, what that even going on there are there are white photographers that do take photos of black cosplayers. And I, I guess I just kind of disagree with that. Well, okay, some maybe someone to have the mindset, but I just don't. I I don't justify it. Like if someone were to say, "Yeah, I I just don't really feel like uh, changing the lighting or anything," or I just don't feel like learning how to shoot photos with uh, people with darker skin complexion. Mm-hmm. I I feel like that's just a quick way of saying I I just don't like taking photos of uh you know black cosplayers i i do think that there is a bit of racism going in and i don't see a photographer deciding not to take photos of a black cosplayer and a white cosplayer to so happen to have the same character and and not like racism not play a part into that because i i do I do. Th- I do think it's messed up. Like, is is there, is there like a business thing that you could look at? Sure, but do I do I think the business is it a, is it a business thing? Is it a business aspect that I feel like just is uh, unchangeable? I just that that I don't. I, I just can't seem to. I I, I don't know. It, it, it's it was something that I, I'm glad that I, I even got that bit of information because that it confirmed like the things I've been seeing at least locally over here. Because mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the cost, a lot of the black costumers I talked to are also from Atlanta, Georgia, or from New York, or from somewhere else. And I don't get a lot of black costumers here in Texas, and I just feel like there's more that these communities are just not really looking at. And I, I don't know. I, I don't know. You know, on that, but like I said, at the same time, you have to understand yeah. that when it comes to money, people are going to take pictures of what's going to make them money. Right. It's just like, you know, they're not going to go to the hospital and report on how many you know, children were born in the hospital this morning. They're going to report on how many, you know, if there were car accidents this morning, if somebody got shot in their house, it, you know, everything that's going to get them ratings. That's that's just that's where they automatically default to because they want it, they want the ratings. So the same thing, you know, applies when you know photographers who want to make money, they're going to go where there's money to be made. So if there's no money in photo- uh, uh, in photography or photographing, you know 
people of color that are cosplayers, then they're going to shift from that. They're going to go to where the money is. Is that racism? Is it prejudice? I mean, it, it's a mixture of all kinds of things. Because like I said, until it becomes, I guess, socially acceptable, or not even socially acceptable, until we are, I guess, accepted in the cosplay world as being equal to a Caucasian counterpart uh, that both are fine, both are equally, you know, photographic or both are equally marketable, then they're going to always go to the side that's always marketable. And if that means choosing a white cosplayer or a Caucasian cosplayer or an, over an African-American or black cosplayer, then that's what the photographer is going to do because he's got bills to pay. <laughs> but then, let me even think, because let me even think about like, because you, you even mentioned just recently with uh, Captain America and also Sam, Sam Wilson becoming uh, the new Captain America. I mean, that was the most watched disney plus show and then you even look at black panther it's still one of the most successful marvel movies like ever it it, it, was, it is probably one of the highest grossing marvel movies that i mm-hmm. am aware of uh with that in mind like for some i for some reason i just i don't know i just for some i can't seem to get behind that yes white cosplayers are the things that's going to always sell more well i i feel like it's just that the system does it's not like the system can't change i feel like the system doesn't want to change yeah or maybe it is but it's changing slowly but that, that i guess what i'm kind of between of that but i i get what you're saying because i mean it is it's it's screwed like that's why i even thought about like texas recently trying to get rid of uh martin luther king jr it's like or say the kkk is isn't bad is because the modern kkk supports the governor we have right now so he wants to make them look good yeah i i I don't know it's it's i I guess that that's something i i i'm trying to even process and as i go to a convention tomorrow uh that'll be something to even think about more like i i yeah like i'm more self-aware of these things that i probably wasn't and should have been back then uh even though that you know there, i always kind of uh sought racism in uh you know when, when i was even in wisconsin i just i yeah it i guess it's just something I'm, I'm really puzzled by but yeah. and i mean that's that's something as an African-American male in the United States that we have to navigate. Because yeah. um, it's one thing to be aware, but it's, it's also another thing to actually have to, to live in these circumstances, to live in this reality where the, the governor of our, of our state might possibly be funded or being supported by a domestic terrorist group. You know, it doesn't, for us, it doesn't matter because that's just yeah. every day for been like that since beyond Jim Crow. So it's just evolved with the times and it's evolved with us. And, and the fact that you and I are even sitting here having a discussion about racism in cosplay <laughs> or, you know, right. Or, you know, or, 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 or prejudice in esports, you know, or the, the lack of representation of people of color in esports, you know, it's just, it evolves in it with the times, and then you, you, me as a person of color or African American, whatever you know, you want to label me. I have I have to figure out how to navigate those waters and still enjoy life at the same time. Yeah, I, 
I have to figure out, you know, do I want to cosplay and possibly get ridiculed and, 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 and talk too crazy? Or do I just want to just not do it out of, out of fear because I don't look like this character. I'm not the right complexion or color. We don't have, we don't have, we don't have time for that. We, we yeah. want to enjoy life like anyone else does. So, um, it, it, it's sad. It's, it really is. Um, but like I said, I mean, that's just, that's something that that's a reality that we have to deal with day by day, you know, in everything pretty much that we have to do. Yeah. I, yeah, you know, I, I always want, I want to like learn and, and, uh, you know, just see, see what I could do to help you all. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm learning more and more about these things every day. So I I, I uh, yeah. Now, where in your whole history of cosplay mm-hmm. with all this, I mean, you mentioning that uh, having knowledge of uh, business, now you got get geeked, which that was something that you really wanted to tell me about. Uh, get geeked. Yeah. Uh, what what is get geeked? So Get Geek Abilene was my attempt at trying to create an environment where we have all the elements of a Comic-Con, but online in a Facebook group that were always accessible 365 days out of a year. So it started out with me going to all of our local local, um, collectible stores, uh, game board gaming stores, video game stores, and trying to encourage them and, and, and... trying to recruit them in, into being a part of this group. Um, not, a, not everybody wanted to be a part of it, unfortunately, in the beginning, but that didn't stop my perseverance and me wanting to see this happen. Um, I started out with this group in 2016. And over time, over the what, four or five years that I've been running this group, we've developed into about 1,100 people in the group now. I've been able to actually splinter off and kind of make some more niche Facebook groups to kind of zero in on specific games and things of that nature. Um, so it's, it's pretty much just become a portal. It's become a place where people can uh, share posts about pop culture, video games that they play, books that they read, anything that's in the geek culture that a lot of people just, especially in our community, in the, in, in the business community, in the nonprofit community that I'm involved in, where we have to be serious all the time. We don't really get in touch with that geeky side or that kid side of us that wants to talk about, you know, how bad Jar Jar Binks was or anything like that. So that my Facebook group provides an opportunity in a, in a safe area where there's no prejudice. There's no racism. Uh, we don't use the N word at all. Um, it's just a safe environment where people of all different kinds of ages can actually get together and just have fun. You know, I there's some groups that have been uh, continually developed be- uh, that has the same exact motives and goals and even premise of what you have. But I mean, doing that based in Texas, first of all, why Facebook out of all different sites you could make a commute or safe community out of? Cause I mean, there are more places to do this on than Facebook. Yeah. Well, I mean, just like all other social media, Facebook is free. <laughs> so that that alone was enticing enough for me. But it's one of the one of the most familiar social media platforms to me. Um, 
like I was stating earlier, I'm still trying to figure out and learn Twitch. I'm still trying to understand how Discord works. Yeah, it looks that's like, what I was oh. thinking of. Because there's <laughs> yeah. plenty of uh, yeah. like safe space Discord groups that are yeah. really great. And they, I mean, that are uh, yeah, I'm black owned and also just inclusive for everyone to talk about whatever they like. And it's almost like a little, almost like a little family, a little friendly community. And how they're able to just control and and stop anything that might ruin the experience or the positive vi- the vibe, as they say. Uh, I mean, what, what so with, with Facebook, as you said, being familiar, mm-hmm. and then with all ages, because this was another thing I I found interesting when I even heard about this. But there are younger generations who were like you know facebook's dead it's nobody uses facebook anymore yeah and so when you try to connect to the younger ages and the younger generation i want to say all oh, okay let me scratch that so some young and also old generations say i don't want to go on facebook anymore mm-hmm. is there like another place that people reach out to with a geek or, or get geeked or is it just a facebook group as of right now it's just a facebook group yeah. i mean we open up servers or you know groups on discord but they haven't really taken off because abilene is different abilene the way abilene uh, interacts with social media is is very unique and we're very small at the same time uh well we're the, we're a small big city <laughs> so the way you know people engage social media here is very different than a market say dallas fort worth or houston or san antonio where there's large numbers of people so trying to start groups here are it's very slow um there, there's the support uh, system therefore it doesn't really kick in right at the beginning it, it takes a lot of hard work to kind of build these groups up so that was kind of one of the things that i ran into with just building the facebook group is trying to get people to take it serious enough to want to actually join it and see what it was about and then eventually when it got to about 300 people 500 people it started building up its own steam so now trying to take that and translate that in over into a different social media platform is kind of what I'm in the process of doing. Okay. Uh, I'm from the MySpace age where, you know, oh, <laughs> you know right. and I had a GeoCities page, an Angel Fire page and all that other kind of stuff. So Facebook was the new thing. And now Facebook has now become the old thing. So I'm trying to get more familiarized with a lot of the different platforms that are being used more frequently nowadays. I mean, good to do. I, I don't think Facebook is going to go away anytime soon. People are going to use it, I mean, to different varying degrees. But mm-hmm. yeah, there are other social media platforms that are probably around as popular. I mean, TikTok and what what other like Twitter? Well, okay, maybe not Twitter, maybe Twitter. What What is the long-term goal like what are you what is something you're wanting to achieve with get geeked or what is something that is your current process well this the whole spirit and idea of get geeked in the first place was to kind of get all these geeky nerdy places uh, uh, people together and kind of in the same place so eventually the long-term goal is to actually have a brick and mortar store where people can gather and play D&D, where people can come by and rent a Nintendo and games, or they can come and get cosplay supplies and things of that nature. So it, it, at some point in time, I, I'm trying to focus on transitioning the group into an actual physical store. 
And then the group itself just becomes a feeder in a way to communicate what we have going on inside the store and reflect what's happening in the group. So that's kind of the direction I'm trying to take it to is to kind of turn it into an actual physical place that people can visit. That kind of got derailed with the whole COVID thing. But honestly, I feel like it was also a great thing that happened because if I had to try to open up a store this year or even last year, I yeah, probably would have been ruined financially, <laughs> honestly, because of COVID. So um, long term, it is hopefully to get a brick and mortar uh, version of our Facebook group where people can come hang out. They can play D&D. They can have fighting game tournaments. They can twitch. They can stream. They can do all of these things right from our facility. Have you talked to because I, I what, when you talk about brick and mortar stores, and you're even bringing up a Twitch. I mean, that sounds like these local land parties that are here in Texas. Have you gone mm-hmm. to a place that serves the same exact ideal? And I get there's the whole I uh, talk about competition or anything, but think about also the cooperation. Well, that's what I love about the Facebook group is I'm, I'm seeing the cooperation already with the 1100 members that we have in the group. So oh, wow. that lets me know that I have a base. I have people already in the city of Abilene that want something like this because they're in my group. Um, but as far as there being anything that exists currently in Abilene like that, no. Um, we had elements of that here. We have places like Hastings and Play and Trade, but like the whole gaming scene here in the city of Abilene has been completely 100% decimated. Like it doesn't exist. We have one GameStop. We had three of them when I moved back, when I moved down here in 2012. So like, it's just literally beside the little hole in the walls and the clubs and the bars and grills that occasionally have a fighting game tournament. There's no space that's actually dedicated or reserved for that specifically. So there's kind of a vacuum, a void, I guess you could say right now. Right. So what are the steps that you are planning to take to fill in that void? Well, a lot of it is taking place on some of the colleges, uh, the college uh, campuses, trying to encourage, because right now Abilene also kind of has what I guess you could say an emerging esports uh, scene. Um, we have three major colleges here, uh, universities here right now, and only one of them has an actual collegiate esports team. So the other two have an esports team, but they're not a recognized esports team, but they need places to play each other. So this is already happening. They're, they're playing each other regardless, whether it's in their dorm rooms or at somebody's house or a bar and grill somewhere. So these events are already taking place in the city of Abilene. It's just a matter of trying to organize that into something more meaningful and kind of develop that environment and that culture here in the city of Abilene. All right. Well, I mean, the, uh, building a business is definitely, especially even right now, and you could say, well, post-COVID, and you even mentioned before we started, like, we, we don't know that we could go back, we could go back to square one. I mean, California just recently uh, turned back on the mask mandate. So, I mean, possibility is there. Yeah. Do you think that before even this long-term plan of a brick-and-mortar store, of going to conventions having a booth where you have like almost like a sample of the things that you will eventually uh, bring. Cause I mean, that's another thing is small independent businesses and brick and mortar stores. They do go to conventions. Conventions have been an advertisement for businesses just as much as cosplayers. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I don't, at this point at this stage, I guess I could say, I don't see that to be necessary uh, just because of, how active I am in the community in the city yeah. of Abilene. 
Um, I've become, I've kind of marketed myself to be um, a cosplay contest announcer, esport venue organizer. So I've I've done, I want to say, a fairly good job of kind of integrating myself into that scene and being respected in that community. So when I do put things together, events together, people do show up for it. So in, in, in that vein, I think I've also done a good job of kind of getting our, our Get Geek Dabbling uh, brand out there as well, uh, working with the community and trying to develop uh, events or fighting, or fighting game tournaments or whatever the case may be, whatever the community wants. So um, here locally, uh, I feel like we, we, pretty got, we got a pretty good leg to stand on. <laughs> Not so much outside of the big country, but I mean, got to start somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you? Okay. So we're, we're even mentioning talking about business and mm-hmm. talking about it's important to even look at that perspective. So being that you want to open up a building, obviously you're going to have to pay the bills at some somehow. So not everything in your Get Geek Club is going to be for free or how are you even going to go about this? Because, I mean, that's the thing is, how are you going to sustain this community? Knowing that, well, see, yeah. The, the beautiful thing right now is we don't have to have a brick and mortar store to do a lot of yeah. the events that we do. So fighting game tournaments, they happen in barn grills. They happen in events, venue space at hotels. Yeah. Um, I have a uh, currently right now that's opening his own like retro arcade uh, business. So he's going to have tournaments there. So there, there are, there are areas, there are spaces that get geek can go into and put together these tournaments and, and, and facilitate these events, but I actually have a brick and mortar store. So that's what I like about it. I mean, the skill that I've developed in the past life when I used to be an event coordinator for a hotel was learning a lot of what it takes to put a, a, an event together and pulling those necessary resources together to make it happen. So um, that's what I kind of like about the, the, I guess, not necessarily the business plan, but our model is so malleable and I can just kind of shift it in any direction I need to, to kind of see what's going on. Like right now with COVID and, I, and, and people not really being able to get together, I mean, we can have fighting game tournaments online. Uh, we can do things where it's not so many people in the room at the same time. So there's ways that we can kind of mold ourselves to whatever the community needs at this point before we even make us uh, build a store. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I'm looking forward to what I, I mean. I'm saying this like I'm going to be able to. Cut, I mean, I I can't. I'm here in North Texas, but I'm just looking forward to even hearing about. Uh, I mean, all the developments of this and seeing it grow and Avalanche. And hopefully that you're able to build this community back up and not have to deal with COVID. But I mean, we, we don't know. That's probably going to be the biggest challenge for you is worst case scenario. I mean, you probably have thought about that. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. Um, you, you, you adapt, you evolve or you don't. And I've always adapted. I've always evolved. I've always uh, managed to be able to just adapt myself to any circumstances and situations I've been in. So it's in my nature to be that way. So it does COVID present a hurdle for us? Absolutely. Uh, for the, for the cosplay scene, for the esports scene or anything that brings people together. Uh, will it always be like this? No. So you start putting in plans for when it's not like this anymore, but at the same time, you find ways to kind of insert yourself in the community where you can in a safe and reasonable way and still facilitate a need to have people get together in some way shape or form so 
like I said, that's one of the things I do like about not actually being anchored to a store right now is I can we we can pretty much fit our our our, our brand anywhere we need to at this point. So. Right. Well, it's a real pleasure talking to you. Where do people find? I mean, where do people find this group of course and follow you up anywhere else? Absolutely. Uh, get G E T G E E K D Abilene. <laughs> it's, it's easier to spell than to say. Uh, get Geeked Abilene is on Facebook. Um, you can follow me on TikTok. It's Get Geeked Abilene on TikTok. Um, I'm the same thing. It's the same name on Xbox Live. Um, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Insta- uh, Instagram and Snapchat. Same name. So, I mean, just, just if you find me in one place, you'll find me in them all. So, I'm definitely trying to branch out and, and, and create content for all of them. Yeah, I'm definitely rooting for you. This, uh, of course, you're seeing this stream on uh, twitch.tv slash funspress. Again, more interviews, game commentary, all that stuff. But this the audio version will be on uh, Pondspress via Spotify, Sound, uh, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pandora, iHeart, everywhere, all under Pondspress. You can listen to it at your pleasure. Also... Facebook.com says Pondstress, Instagram says Pondstress, I'm at Twitter, ChasePond64. I release uh, video teasers on TikTok and Insta Reels under Pondstress. I hope you have a good rest of your night and just uh, feel empowered to keep going. And uh, I I hope to see this. I mean, you become the face of Aveline's geek scene. as Because I... I, I am. I have no idea that things are shutting down over there. Because I mean, it's it's gonna be interesting seeing how any part of Texas survives with people from California coming over and just being crowded with things. But you know, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll could hope for the best possible outcome. But uh, until then, I would take care and just have a great night. You too. Thank you. Chris.